Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum and is titled, Coping with PAH in Rarer Forms of Connective Tissue Disease. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements as well as the learning objectives. Hello. Today we're going to talk about an underrepresented group of patients in clinical trials, those with rheumatologic diseases. I'm Valerie McLaughlin from the University of Michigan, and I'm joined by my friends and colleagues, Dr. Sudar Rajagopal from Duke, Iwana Preston from Tufts, and Rich Krasuski from Duke. Welcome, everyone. So, Rich, let's start with the group of rheumatologic diseases that we know the most about, those patients with scleroderma. Do you want to summarize that, that group for us briefly? Sure. So, Val, it's a highly prevalent group of pulmonary hypertension in their disease process. Um, their outcomes are pretty bad if you don't treat them adequately. I think their mortality is considerably higher if they develop pulmonary hypertension. And we have a, a decent amount of literature now suggesting that aggressive treatment makes a great impact in terms of their clinical outcomes. And not only that, but we actually have evidence that you can detect the disease earlier if you screen for it. And ideally, you don't want to wait for those symptoms to develop, but you have to look and, and for instance, do echocardiography or some sort of formal screening on a yearly basis because this is such a prevalent problem and such a bad uh, impact in terms of how patients will do once it develops and you don't want to wait for it to get bad before making the diagnosis. Right, absolutely. And so I guess we can justify doing that in the scleroderma population. There, the, as you said, the disease prevalence is pretty high, but a lot of the other types of connective tissue diseases, rheumatologic diseases, they can get pulmonary hypertension, but the, the prevalence isn't, isn't high enough to warrant screening. You know, perhaps with the exception of the mixed connective tissue disease with scleroderma features we screen, but what about the others? What about the lupus patients, the rheumatoid arthritis patients? Um, Sudar, what, what, do, what do we advise in those patients? Sure. So as you, you mentioned, any patient with connective tissue disease can develop pulmonary arterial hypertension. They're at increased risk for it. But these other populations outside of scleroderma or mixed connective tissue disease with scleroderma features, they're not as at high a risk. So we don't recommend screening those patients, but it does mean that we have to be aware and we have to have awareness of the disease because they can develop it. So people seeing these patients, whether it's their primary care doctor or their rheumatologist, they have to be cognizant of the fact that these patients can develop pH. So they need to ask them about their functional status, their exercise tolerance, because if they do develop any symptoms, then they should have an echocardiogram to assess for possible pulmonary hypertension. Sure, an echo to assess for possible pulmonary hypertension and probably PFTs to assess for ILD. Many of these groups of patients are at risk for interstitial lung diseases as well, correct, Iwana? Absolutely. Uh, the rheumatoid patients can develop ILD. They can develop uh, pulmonary nodules, uh, pleural effusion. So they, there are other pulmonary complications and uh, not to speak about lupus patients who can uh, have acute alveolitis and uh, all sorts of other acute and chronic pulmonary complications. Uh, the rheumatoid patients, the pure rheumatoid patients, um, the um, prevalence of PAH is up to 3% in, in some uh, reports. So it is still much higher than in the general population. So although we do not recommend uh, annual screening mm -hmm. like in scleroderma, we do have to have a high index of suspicion should they develop more shortness of breath. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, some of these groups act a little differently too. We approach their pH a little bit differently, like the lupus patients, for example. Do you, do you wanna expound on that, Sudar? Sure. So lupus patients in general tend to respond very well to pH-specific therapies, and this has been seen in the clinical trials. And uh, also when a patient has a lupus flare, they can also have a PAH flare in that setting. And it can, and their PAH can improve with treatment of their lupus flare with steroids or other immunosuppressants. So in general, that's a population which tends to do better uh, with PAH as opposed to say the scleroderma patients. And they tend to be younger as well with less comorbidity. So, mm -hmm. so treatment is a little bit more straightforward in, in them. Mm -hmm. Iwana, what about some of the more complex patients, like the rheumatoid patients that are also at risk for fibrosis or the mixed connective tissue disease patients? How do you approach them? So they, they need a very comprehensive assessment and most likely multidisciplinary assessment from the rheumatologist, from the pulmonologist, from the cardiologist to understand uh, what's the main cause of their limitation. Is it the interstitial lung disease that may be present? Is it myopathy like these patients may develop um, or pulmonary vascular disease? Also, patients with lupus can have a um, hypercoagulable state and they can develop chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension. So which type of pulmonary vascular disease, whether it's group one, group four, or group three, or a component of each is very important to sort out in order to decide on the type of the treatment and, and uh, care. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, we also can see this in patients with, you know, the more more rare rheumatologic diseases, you know, just isolated Trogren's, polymyositis, dermatomyositis. So, Rich, as a practicing physician, I, I think, you know, let's let's talk about how to approach this. You know, the main point of our conversation today is m many of our clinical trials have not included a large number of these patients. And, you know, perhaps with the exception of the lupus patients who occasionally have a little bit more inflammation, may be a little more responsive to steroids or immunosuppressives, the, the pathophysiology is pretty similar. Tell me about your approach in clinical practice, your approach to treatment of the Sjogren's patients with, with group one PAH or, or some of these other more rare diseases. Sure. I think, you know, the real burden here is to make sure that you make the diagnosis properly. I think, you know, heart catheterization is absolutely essential in these patients to make sure that you have an increased pulmonary vascular resistance. Again, I also think vasodilator challenges and things like that are very important. Some of these disease processes can involve the, the left ventricle, so ensuring that you're identifying the patient properly. I think a lot of what we've learned from other disease processes like scleroderma is directly applicable. I think that these patients do definitely benefit from advanced medical therapies. And so I treat them very similarly, but I think as been, as been mentioned, you know, that this is a, a group of patients you want to make sure you know what's going on physiologically, that you're following them very closely afterwards. And when you initiate therapy, ensuring that they come back for regular follow-up is very important to make sure that you're impacting positively on their disease process. Yeah. Do either of you guys want to add anything to that? No, I agree. I think for 
the key thing, like Rich mentioned, is getting the diagnosis. And once you make sure that there aren't large contributors to lung disease or other processes, you can treat them like other group one patients and you can treat them aggressively and have good outcomes. Yeah, so I think if I could summarize, prevalence is not so high as it is in scleroderma to routinely screen, but the, the frontline providers who see these patients, the primary care docs, the rheumatologists, they need to be cognizant of changes in exercise tolerance, changes in dyspnea, and that should trigger an evaluation for PAH. Then they should go through the usual diagnostic evaluation to, to look for the other comorbidities that can contribute to PAH. And if they're determined to have group one disease, we, we really treat them very much the way we treat the rest of the group one patients. Is that is that the consensus, basically? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, well, I think it's an important population. We, we see them all the time. So Sudar, Iwana, Rich, thank you for joining me. And thank you for joining us on this roundtable discussion on patients with connective tissue disease and PAH. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.